we keep nothing to ourselves. We bless others. We have people in our home that uh, we cook for. I cook my famous spaghetti. I make a special spaghetti sauce. All my grandkids, don't you grandkids love come to Pepple's house or something? <laughs> and we invite people in the church, you know, that, that we bless. But Hebrews 11 and 1, now I know if I don't read the scripture, some people get religious on me and say, they'll go out and say, you know, pastor preached a day and didn't even read no scripture out of the Bible. That's because I have a lot of it in here and I can read it out of here. If you don't turn the pages, you've got a religious one or two and they'll say, pastor didn't even read the scripture today. Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith. That's present tense, always present tense. Now faith is always present. Right now, if you're sitting in the chair where you're at right now, and you're receiving the word that I'm preaching, Jesus can be in that word and touch you right where you're at now. Not next week, not a month from now, not six months from now. Now, now faith. What you want God to do, and God can be working on that thing that you've been praying about, and before you get home, you'll get a phone call, and, and you'll go to sit down to dinner, and somebody say, hey, do you know what happened? Now faith. Now faith. It happens. It'll happen while you're honoring God, because this is Sunday, the first day of the week, and God likes first thing, because you set your agenda aside to come and honor Him today. And because you're honoring Him the first day of the week, He will redeem the rest of the week. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Now, if you really believe it, give Him a hand clap. <clears throat> That's what God does. He redeems the rest of it. Now, I was talking about bosses, and I had a boss one time, and what was really, boy, he could be cynical. I mean, no matter what you did, he'd come try to chew the hair off the back of your neck. I mean, he... <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> he moved me on a job, and he said, we need these parts desperately. He said, I want you to build as many as you can, and then some. I mean, he, he's really laying it on thick. And I said, I always do. When I come, I try to do the best I can. <clears throat> and... Uh, the day transpired, and, and I had quite a few pieces that I fabricated together. I was, I was a metal fabricator, gas TIG, and I do it all, and I, I love doing it. To me, it was an artwork. I used to get on there, man, I was like doing art, because I loved what I did, and I put my heart in it. <clears throat> but the next day, that day transpired and the next day come and they had brought a guy in early that was a little bit younger in the production area and they had put him on my old job. Now I'm telling you this for a reason. I tell these testimonies to you because I have them too. That's what I'm sharing with you, testimonies that I have, things that I go through in, in the 40 years I worked in the secular field. And God's good. God's good. And when you pray, when you're a praying saint, I mean, if you're just sitting in your easy chair watching a movie, you can be meditating on the things of God. Why? Because you never know when you're going to need Him 
to come and to protect you. You need him to come alongside of you and work for you, but you've got to do your part of the covenant. Praying always, always interceding because the adversary, the devil, is out there to steal, kill, and to destroy. And if you're not praying, it's your fault, not God's fault. It ain't even the devil's fault, so quit giving him so much credit. <clears throat> A lot of times because you're not doing your part. When you're doing your part, God will take care of his part. Because it's conditional. The word is conditional. It says if, or, but, whatever. When you do your part, God will take care of him. So the next day, <clears throat> this guy, we had five-gallon tanks, and we had three-and-a-half-gallon tanks. And there was a left, and there was a right. And you had to have, they were separate filler next where your gas cap goes in, one turned right and one turned left. Well, this new guy put them in backwards. And he built like three, four baskets full of this, they call it a weld around. It was an automatic where you assembled stuff in it. Well, that was the job that I did normally. But he had them all in backwards. It was several baskets, thousands of dollars worth of waste. Well, the next morning when I come into work, the boss come right up to me. He said, I got you this time. He said, I'm, I already wrote you up. He said, I got a paper in your jacket. And he said, the area manager is going to be over here to talk to you in the union store. He said, I'm going to have your job. Now, most people shake to death, but when you know God's on your side, hello. Mm -hmm. I knew God was on my side. And I knew what kind of worker I was. I knew I didn't do things fully. So I always paid attention and did what I was told to do. But see, I didn't let him rattle my bones. Something was greater on the inside of me began to churn. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say to me, I got this. I got this. <laughs> Daddy's saying, I got this. So I don't have to worry, man. Chill out, you know. Be cool. <laughs> Daddy's got this. And the union, uh, my floor, floor person, he come up and he come up behind me and tapped me on the back. He whispered in my ear from the back of me. He says, "I guess you already heard." I said, "Yeah." <clears throat> he said, "Tommy, you got nothing to worry about. I got your back." And I turned around, I looked at him. I said, "My daddy said the same thing." He looked at me like, "Your daddy." <laughs> They look at you when you talk spiritual, they look at you like you lost your happy body. And I said, yeah, I said, my daddy already told me that early. God said, I got this. So my foreman said, don't worry, we got this. And when we get up to the office and he had his paper there and he had his cowboy boots on and his legs propped up on the desk and laying way back and he was just as cold as a cucumber, so he thought. But we had him sweating in a couple minutes. Daddy took care of everything. So the area manager showed up. <clears throat> and he says, now I heard his side of the story. I like that when they give you a chance to witness. You know, most of the time they don't do that. They set you up and put you down for the fall. They don't even give you a chance to give your side of the story. That's what I like about the father. The father's fair. The father's just. The Father will take care of when you. When you walk, see, He watches you. He knows how you walk every day. He said your footsteps are ordered by the Lord. 
and His light will shine on my path if I'm doing what the Word says I'm supposed to do, my Father will take care of the rest. And when I told him my side of the story, he looked at my boss, he said, I want you to tear that sheet of paper you put in his jacket because you did so unrightfully. And he said, I'll deal with you later. Uh, and Daddy said, I got this. And Daddy had it. He said, going back to work. He said, you're fine, you're good to go. And of course, my floor man, he, he wanted to give me a hug. He was a Catholic. And I'm Pentecost. They know. They know. And he walked away smiling. He says, I'm so happy for you. And he said, because I know you're a good man. He said, you're a good worker. See, God will give you praise. You don't have to give yourself praise. God will see that you get the praise for what you do right. And he will use other people to do it. The next, next week, we had on Thursdays, we had payday. And they pay us. And we had our safety meeting that we have outside one Thursday a month, and we'd walk there. Of course, he was all huffy then, because the bomb didn't fall yet. You missed it. <laughs> the bomb didn't fall yet. I just want you clowns to know that I'm going to have your heads. I looked at the guy next to me, and I said, well, I'll tell you what. I said, I think Somebody already got the ringleader's number. By the end of the week, us clowns were still there when we were kissing the ringleader goodbye. Because he was doing people unjustly wrong is what he was doing. He was not doing his job properly and allowing other people to suffer. See, the enemy, the adversary, he has pawns. He has instruments that he uses to target you. He knows what gets you the most. He knows. He knows exactly where to pressure your point to get to you. He knows exactly where it's at, and that's what he'll use against you to try to steal your salvation. But if you know what the book says, we've been sealed. The blood of the Lamb sealed you. When you confess Christ as your Savior, you've been sealed by the blood. And no one or nothing can take that away from you. Only you can give it up. But no one can take it from you. Listen to what he said. <clears throat> now faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith grabs a hold of the substance. It makes it tangible. How many of you in here can honestly put your hand up and say there's something you do want to pray about or something you need to pray about or something you'd like God to do? Come on, be honest now. Put your hand up. Something, anything. I don't care what it is. Keep it up. Now see, got a full house there. See, there's something, something you'd like God to do. And God will do it if you trust Him. It's the substance of things hoped for. Why hope when you already see it? I ain't going to hope for a new car when I already got one sitting in the driveway. I'm not going to hope for nice bank deposits when I already made a bunch. 
I'm not going to hope for healing in my body if I already have good health. Why hope? He said, but faith hopes for that thing that you don't see. Okay? Now turn with me if you would, please. I think it's 2 Kings. I'm going to read an example to you from the Old Covenant. How many is learning something? Anybody? Nobody? Somebody? We're talking about biblical faith. Biblical faith. Biblical faith means, or it's called true faith, you're not really born again because somebody coerced you into repeating the sinner's prayer. That's not being born again. You can say as I say, if you believe. Because Acts 10 and 9, it says, with the heart man believes, but with the mouth he confesses. You have to first believe in your heart that you weren't there over 2,000 years ago when Jesus was crucified on Golgotha's hill. But your faith can go there. Your faith can go back in history and your faith can claim when the pastor or deacon or whoever leads you to the Lord or husband or wife and you repeat the sinner's prayer in faith believing. You have to believe that. That Jesus died. That's the object of your faith. Your faith has to be in what Christ did at Calvary. It's not about that wooden beam. People like to carry a cross in their neck. That's, that's well and good. Or they do this and all that. And that's well and good because he's not on the cross anymore. He came down off of there. But when you look to the object of what he paid on that cross, the price he gave his life, that you might have life. He suffered so you don't have to suffer. His blood was shed to cover all sins of all mankind through all the eons of time on planet earth. And God said in His Word that He would that none perish. That's God's will. A lot of people don't even know God's will. They say if it's God's will. No, God said He would that none perish. Now how do we know that's not happening? How do we know there's a lot of people perishing? But it's not God's fault. See, God predestined or preordained for people to be saved. To go to heaven. That's why He sent His Son, the second Adam. So we don't have to die to pardon us for what we did. Hello. Right now there's many a men and women that's incarcerated behind bars for stuff they did. I don't see nobody paying the price and letting them out of there. But Jesus did. He paid the price for me. My mom and dad didn't have to be there. I'd say to myself, boy, my mom saw what I said now, boy, she'd take me out back of the woodshed with the willow branch. Right? But they don't have to do that now. See, Jesus paid that price. Now I want to read an example to you over in 2 Kings. Chapter 6 and verse, starting in verse 15. This is an example of something that transpired while the army 
was fighting Israel. This is Israel now, God's people. You have to rightly divide it. God's people was fighting against the adversary. And when a servant of the man of God, that means God's, uh, the pastor or preacher or minister's assistant, rose early in the morning and went out. A force surrounded the city both with horses and chariots, and his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what are we going to do? Did you ever hear anybody say, Oh my God, what are we going to do now? You go to pull out, the transmission falls out of the car, or the gears start banging, and what are we going to do now? Winter time comes, you go to turn the thermostat up, and the furnace goes, boom, smoke rolls out, no heat. What are we going to do now? Huh? Or you just bought a house and made a mortgage, and they come up and hand you a pink slip with your paycheck. What am I going to do now? Right? This is what he's talking about. Now, faith. And he said, do not be afraid. If you search out through your Bible, there's about 365 fear nots, or don't be afraid, in your Bible, if you count them. One for every day of the year. Isn't that amazing? God doesn't miss nothing. He doesn't leave nothing out. See, what a little Bible study will do for you, and you'll, you'll get so anxious studying that. I know the first thing that really cracked me up, I went into hysteria. I was rolling on the floor. I was a baby Christian, probably three to five years. And I found the scripture in the Old Testament where the Assyrian was one of Israel's biggest agitators. Yep. And they were agitating Israel all the time, stealing their crops, running off with their animals and horses, and killing their servants, all kinds of things, constantly. They were doing it constantly. When it come harvest time, they'd steal all their crops, their wheat, and their corn. So one day the Lord said, this day, I'm going to fight for you. And that's where the scripture says, this battle is not yours, but it's the Lord. And that's what you remember. What was good then is good now. So the battle that you face is, don't know what to do about it. Just say to yourself, this battle's the Lord's, not mine. And when you believe that from your heart, you watch God. You stand back and watch God shine because he'll take over. He'll take care of that incident for you. And I cracked up laughing. I read that. that, that I, one lady told me, she said, I find the Bible boring. I said, excuse me? I find the Bible boring. So I quoted that scripture in the Old Testament. To her. I said, read that scripture. If you don't come out laughing in tears, I won't say nothing to you no more. So God said, this day I'm going to fight for you. So keep your swords in the sheath. Lean on your shield, and that's all you have to do. Stand there and look pretty. We, some people, they say you look stupid, but God would say we're looking pretty. Stand there looking pretty. And you're standing there and you're thinking, you probably look at her, I can see their eyes rolling, turning their head. wonder what he's going to do. wonder what he's up to. And all of a sudden, these thousands and millions of hornets 
about the size of a bat. These big old hornets came, and they were directed by God. You know, these drones they have now, they don't have nothing on God. He had them bees or like drones because he told them where to go and what to do. And do you know they flew around all the armies of Israel, and the only people they stung was those Assyrians that gave them trouble all the time. God said, just stand there and watch me fight for you. Huh? Now, is that a good God or what? Come on. Somebody should be clapping on that one. That's an awesome God. Huh? Come on now. Come on now. Is that a good God or what? And all you do is fuss and complain and worry and get upset. And here God is. God creates a horn to get after the adversary. And all you got to do is stand there and watch him fight the battle. Huh? And he does the same thing today, but people don't see it. They don't see it. Ask God to let your eyes see. <clears throat> Pay attention. He said, but don't be afraid. For those that are with us are more than them that are against us. Huh? Now, the servant didn't see what the man of God was seeing. See, I can stand up here and I can see something totally different than what you're seeing. You're, some, you're, you're looking at some high school country boy that don't know a whole bunch. But if you could see what I see, if you could see what I see, I see people that a God loved. I spend all my time studying and praying and coming to give a message to people that God loves you. I can't stress that enough. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God cares about you. God loves you. At least you dash your foot against a stone. Give him a hand clap. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Now I read to you in Hebrews why should we hope for things that we already see? <laughs> if you wanted to go shopping and you bought you a new stove refrigerator or something, why would you keep hoping for it when you already got it? They're delivering it tomorrow. It's going to be in your house. What do you keep hoping for? It's already here. It's correct. But here he's telling you to hope for things that you don't see because it's in God's best interest to give you what you don't see because you are his son and his daughter and because he loves you. Does anybody believe what I'm preaching to you this morning? Amen. Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Listen to what the prophet says to him. Now I know all prophets eat a lot of onion sandwiches. In case you don't know what that means, it gives you indigestion. Or the pizza stacked with uh, pepperoni and sardines and anchovies, they, they call them black olives and all that stuff. And then they go sit down and they go, oh, oh, oh. I don't feel so good. Yeah, I guess not. Pork tummy. Think what pork tummy gets in there, huh? And I know every prophet 
don't have it on, read your Bible. Not every prophet in here had it right. Some prophets missed it. Jesus said there's some false and there's some true. That's like counterfeit money. People that go to be hired at the bank, you know what they spend most of their time doing? Anybody can tell me? Huh? Yeah, but what kind of money? Huh? Real money. They don't waste no time on a counterfeit. They count the real thing. You look at it. You get it in your brain. You study it. You look at every line, every jot, every tittle, and you know the real thing when you see it. When the false comes, you'll know. Hello? So you begin to study the real thing. Look for the real leader. Look for the real pastor. There's phonies, but look for the real one. I know pastors by the dozen here, right in the town of Red Lot, and I'm not bragging. Because I gotta stand before God. I don't gotta stand before you. When I give up the ghost, I gotta stand before God. And them big blue eyes and fairy eyes gonna look at me and that big bony finger's gonna. Did you preach what I told you to preach? Or did you preach what you want to preach? Did you preach what tickled their ears and patted their backs and made them feel good? Did you give them what they wanted to hear? Or did you give them what they needed to hear? Two different, two types of preachers. See, I can sit here and I can make you feel real good and fuzzy. And I can tell you all the things you want to hear. But I'm supposed to tell you what you need to hear. That's what determines the real... A genuine. I know preachers right here in town, most of them closed their churches almost all year because they were scared of the overseers. They were scared they were going to pull their license. Get your wallet out. Got a license in there. I want them. They pull their license. They take their money. I've been here over a year and I don't have nobody to come in here and pull my license and get me to step down from what God called me to do. God called me to do this. That don't mean I'm not going to be a little nervous. Everybody gets a little nervous. They get pointing a one at me and handing <laughs> some cuffs or whatever. But that's okay. God's given me another platform. They put me in prison. Now I've got to preach to the prisoners. They're still black people. Go into prison and preach to those that's locked behind iron doors. Come on, somebody say amen. Talk to me a little, church. Come on, talk to me. I like this myself. And then in verse 17, then Elijah prayed. Now see, you've got to believe when you pray. It's not a, just a mere profession. You've got to possess. It's about possessing, possessing the real biblical faith, true biblical faith. I believe what Jesus died on that cross for. And when I pray, I believe that it's going to happen. It's not a definition of faith. It's a description of faith. Hebrews was not defining what faith is. He was telling the reader what faith does. Real biblical faith. True Faith, when it's focused on Christ and Him crucified. You know, that was amazing. It's been a few months went past now. I was ministering like I am now. 
and it hit me, it just hit me like it just hit just that quick and it's gone. And I said, there's somebody in this assembly and he wasn't even here. See, but I was speaking forth the word of prophecy. And I said, you're about to get a promotion and with that promotion, you're gonna get a raise. Is that not what I said? You went home after church and I think you text Sister Judy almost right away. And she said, that prophecy that Pastor Tom gave was for my husband, Travis. I didn't know because I didn't talk to him. I didn't know. God knows. I didn't know. But my Holy Spirit knew, and the Holy Spirit told me because he knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows what you're doing, what you're saying, what you're eating. He knows everything. <coughs> and he spoke it. Now, did you get the promotion? I did. Did you get the raise with the promotion? I did. Are you blessed? I am. Are you happy? Very. <laughs> now see, that's true prophecy. When you give something, and I felt it wasn't in here, it didn't come from here. It don't come from your human reasoning. It comes out of your spirit. Because I'm in contact with the Father that came out of here that someone in this assembly, that's all I heard God. See, and sometimes God does it for a reason. That he doesn't want you to know everything. He doesn't want you to know everything. But I just heard someone in this assembly. I'm going to quit there so I can let you go. That is going to get that promotion. And with that promotion, I said you're going to get a ring. Now, I didn't know that. But just within a few short hours when she got home, she texted my wife. My wife said, oh, wow, Pastor will be excited about that. So then when she hung up, she told me what she had said about him. And <laughs> See, that's what God does. That's how good God is. Now, even though from that day to this, you didn't do everything perfect, you didn't do what's right, you may have missed a day or so praying. You may have missed a little bit not reading the Word. That's okay. Because the God that's in you is perfect. He's the one that will make you perfect. He's the one that will move by his Holy Spirit and he will put a hunger in there that she can't change, you can't change. He'll put it in there to make a difference and the closer you get, the things of the world start dissipating. You forget about money. Now you don't forget about it, you know what I mean. In comparison, you lay the money on the shelf you lay all those things that you boggle your mind with on the shelf, you carry them around, and you're all heavy-hearted, and it bothers you, and you don't have to worry about it. Can we all stand together, please? In your honesty, how many got something today? Did you learn a little more about faith today? How many's glad you come today? <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you for making minds alert. I thank you for making the spirits receptive. Father God, I pray right now over your people. They're your people. They're your sons. They're your daughters. They're your church. Father God, to go with them on the highway, be with them. Father God, give them a safe return. Father God, put a great love in their heart that will surpass any pressure, any stress, anything that the enemy tries to bring their way to destroy their walk with you. And Father, we will give you all the praise. 
will give you all the glory. I thank you for the message today. I thank you for using me, Lord. I thank you for opening my mind, putting it on my lips, Father God, that I could speak out of a heart to your people what you would have to say. And bless them and bless them abundantly, coming in and going out. In Jesus' name, show yourself friendly. God bless you. Amen. my wife and her grandmother. So I don't know if she gave her heart to the Lord or what happened. The Holy Spirit was really good. It's kind of like that personal thing, right?